0: Welcome to the podcast science of high-paid high-performing happy engineers the show to help engineers develop all skills non-technical my name is Aditya Gute and I'm a speaker and a performance coach for engineers to transform them into rock stars because I believe there's a rock star hiding inside each one of you and it just needs to be brought outside to uncover your full potential as an engineer, uh, you say the name as Andrew Hinkleman, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. okay. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Andrew Hinkleman. He's a certified professional coach and founder of. Priority One Group, a leadership, coaching, and consulting organization on a mission to guide ambitious engineers and executives to architect and implement their professional roadmap. Andrew has more than 25 years of experience in the technology and financial services industries across roles in IT, product management, business intelligence, along with marketing and consulting roles. As a chief technology officer, Andrew knows the organizational dynamics, politics, and personal challenges involved with navigating high growth startups and complex global enterprises. In addition to core infrastructure and proprietary software development, Andrew has had responsibility for information security, digital transformation, user experience, business continuity, IT compliance, and project management. He's CISSP and ITL V3 certified. Andrew lives in the Seattle area with his family, his mountain bike, and paddleboard. Let's start with the paddleboard, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks for having me, DJ. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience in uh, your, your, your um, career, starting from an engineer and moving on to leadership roles. And you have had may- many uh, various roles.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, i um- you know, what's interesting, I think, for um, for my story is that a lot of it is maybe not your typical engineering path. So I actually did a liberal arts degree for my bachelor's degree. And um, way back when the when the web was really exploding in the late 90s, um, you know, the the content development, the the web page building was a little was a little bit more accessible to people at that time. So, you know, I got really enamored with that. And I got excited about learning how to build web pages. And that kind of progressed into managing websites. Um, I went back to school, and I did my master's degree in engineering. And um, I kind of I kind of was a was a, a technologist at that point and just fell in love with it, followed my curiosity and um, you know, just kept on taking on new roles. I was just always wanting to learn and take on new, ro- new roles. So that really took me through product management, program management, um, and then at one point I started to manage more business applications and infrastructure. And then that led to chief technology officer role um, at, a, at a rapidly growing midsize financial services company um, where we had plenty of challenges around scale, stability, you know, building teams, recruiting and, you know, recruiting is always a huge challenge um, and retaining people. So after a while, you know, I got, to, I got to one of those pivot points where I started to kind of wonder what I was doing. I started to wonder what was next. And, um, you know, I always loved mentoring people. I love to watch people come in, you know, earlier in their careers and uh, see their passion and, and really help them grow. And I just realized that, um, you know, I had had some good coaches along the way. And um, so I left I left that role about a year and a half ago and, um, you know, became a certified coach. And um, I now, am, you know, um, about a year in and I'm working with, you know, between 20 and 23 people. And uh, they span, you know, all different roles in uh, in engineering, mostly. Wow, that's uh, that's powerful story on how you navigated
0: your career. So Andrew, what is the motivation for you to choose different roles? Obviously you were worked in different roles including marketing
1: sales and you know engineering. What was the motivation? Well, I think at the time, you know, I was just curious and, and wanting to do different things and wanting to learn, really. You know, I'm um, um, in hindsight, looking back, maybe I, I maybe I just get a little bit bored quickly. And, you know, I am I'm, I'm human. Right. I get I get a little I get a little antsy and I want to do new things. But um, I think looking back at it, you know, I'm a, we're all we're all goal driven. Now, I think that that's in our DNA. And um and we're really, we're, we're meant to be moving forward. We're meant to be striving. And, um, you know, I tapped into that. And, and really, truly at the time, a lot of it, you know, I, ha- I had a young family, I needed to make more money. You know, those are, those are legitimate, powerful motivators. So, um, but, but m- more than that, even is just kind of that following my curiosity and, you know, wanting to have a larger impact uh, that's that's powerful,
0: and two things that you have mentioned too, which really caught my attention. One, you said following curiosity is one of the things that drove you into making those decisions. And the second one you also mentioned is goal-oriented, being goal-oriented, whether that is financial reasons or making a larger impact, whatever that is, right? So what would you say, how do you distinguish between curiosity versus being goal oriented, because to me, those are two different things. You could be curious about basketball. You could be curious about paddleboarding, boarding, but that might not achieve your goals. Versus being goal oriented is like I want to become a CTO or I want to make like half a million dollars. And this is what I need to do. It doesn't matter what I'm curious about. right? So what is uh, how, how did you distinguish between those two different things?
1: Yeah, I, a, big, a big driver for me throughout my career is is trying to simplify. Like, I'm all about essentialism. I'm all about breaking it down, like fewer meetings, less email, all of that kind of stuff. So when I think of professional curiosity, you know, one of the elements there is, you know, I do want to make more money. I do want to make, you know, I want a cool title. I want to have a big impact. So I don't know that in the professional sense I ever really separated those. I think that they were, I think that they were really um, together from the beginning, and, and I would put them you know, in front of me and kind of decide where I wanted to go. Well, one of the big things that came up for me in my early 30s was I got to that point where I was wondering what I was doing. And, and it was through some, some chance, you know, books, um, reading, like just learning and, and kind of trying to figure out, you know, how do I, how do I operate better at work? How do I, you know, how do I control my emotions? How do I not get angry in meetings? You know, how do I, how do I reduce, you know, um, the amount of judgment? that i'm applying to situations so i i really had to spend a lot of time and effort in my personal life to kind of develop qualities self-awareness um you know kind of feeling like i'm being a genuine grounded person to be able to be better at work so i'm a big believer that the work you do privately personally on yourself is a huge factor in being able to be more effective at work.
0: Wonderful. And you, how did coaching help you in that process of self-awareness and uh, improving yourself?
1: Yeah. Well, that's a great question. So during my professional journey, when I was working corporate, um, you know, I had a couple coaches. I had a few that I hired myself, and they they really worked as a sounding board, sounding board, kind of helped me find the the um, the things, the blind spots, the things that were I was missing. You know, the the looking around corners and peeling back the layers, all that kind of stuff, but. You know, when I moved into coaching and got trained as an executive leadership coach, I realized that I was finally bringing together a lot of the work I was doing personally with what I could do professionally. And that was a big that was a big aha moment for me. It was like everything was kind of coming together. There's a synergy and it was, and and now, and now things are are kind of more holistic for me, and they make sense.
0: So, can you expand on that? You were bringing in together your coaching skills versus your experience as a technology leader. Tell me a little more about how that has helped you become an effective leader.
1: Such a great question. Um, you know, at some point learning another programming language or learning the next trend with say you know cloud deployments or you know web services whatever that might be at some point as you're moving through your career that becomes less important and that's always a little strange for people because you're used to learning, you know, the next language, the next tool, the next um, getting the next certification. Right. You know, when when we're younger, we just chew up certifications like like, you know, Uh, it's just like like, like, over and over and over. It's like, you know, um, but at some point you need to be a stronger communicator. You need to be able to build relationships with people who are different than you and see things differently. You need to be able to go learn the business. Like you that that is not necessarily an easy task. So um, those require humility, they require personability, they require self-awareness. So self-awareness and knowing how you're being perceived um, is is enormous. So for me, that that like coaching and the ability to kind of see yourself from above and, um, and really be able to, you know, question yourself and, and look at yourself a little bit differently. And, and, you know, like I said, see around corners um, is really where, where the value of, of coaching comes in. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where those come together and um, I think that the value to people who are in engineering or program management or product management is is really to to kind of recognize and sink into the fact that it's not about more technology. It's not. It's not <laughs> about you know. It's not about <laughs> learning the next the next cool trend. Uh,
0: that is so powerful, uh, Andrew. I completely resonate, and mostly because I also I'm not only an engineer but also coach many other engineers and I found myself in the same trend too what's the next technology all right I learned PHP I learned Java what's uh, next Python all right after Python it's go all right it's all done programming languages is all done what's the next trend it's uh, Data science, let's go learn data science because that seems to be the next cool thing for the next 10 years, right? So, yeah. you are all, I mean, at some point of time, it gets boring, right? You know, it gets boring. I mean, at least for me, it, it got boring. Like, all right, I learned this. What's next? And it's, it's, it's interesting to learn new things, but it's all similar kind of things. So, uh, and if you want to continue that down that path, there's nothing wrong with it. There are many people who continue down the path because learning new technologies just give them a lot of power. But what you're saying is, if you want to grow in different dimensions, like you want to become a leader, you want to maybe start your own company, or, or you want to do something different than just learning the next new technology. That's when coaching and all, everything that you went through, Andrew, your self-person development, hiring coaches, all mm-hmm. of this is going to, to make a massive difference. And and I I think you have you have. Re, re, Weaved in several lessons in there. It helps you see things differently. You know, learning the business is important, and unless you are aware of that, you, if you're just learning new technology and wondering why you're not being promoted, it's because you're not focusing on your communication skills. You're not focusing on building your business skills, right? So, thank you. That's that's thank super powerful response. With that said, it uh, drives me to the next question, which is: How are you currently helping your? Uh, engineering leaders and the businesses, uh, the, the, the new set of skills that you have
1: gained from uh, your coach training program? Well, when I typically work with people, and um, I, I want to say first that there is a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a profile for the person who, who is um, ready and open and wanting to learn. Okay so you know generally speaking someone who's maybe about 10 years into their career is someone who has had a couple different roles they've maybe been to two or three different companies they've seen some different things they've seen some challenges they've had some challenging managers so at some point, once you bump into those kinds of things and you can kind of, you start to see that you're bringing yourself to all these different roles, right? You know, you you might change jobs because of a bad situation and then recreate it in the next role. So those people who have had a little bit of experience and are motivated and ambitious are really the, the perfect people to work with. But once they can recognize that they want to grow, they have bigger goals, they want to do more, you know, um, as a coach, the way I work with people really is in along two paths. It's what's happening right now. What are the tactical kinds of things? And then also, what are the what are the big goals? What's the big vision? You know, and, you know, I typically ask people like, "What, what do you want to be doing in two years? five years, you know, and that can be a really big eye-opener. A lot of people don't ever ask themselves that question. So there's there's some magic in there.
0: Totally. I, I, I totally agree. And more, when you ask, you, you would think that's such a simple question to a- answer, right? But sometimes you ask these questions and uh, people would like, oh, my God, I never thought about it, right? And that, that's such a, a huge eye-opener. And, and also what you're saying is, Andrew, you know, when, when people, when your clients realize that they don't want to jump onto the next bandwagon and they are re- willing to explore other opportunities, that's a perfect time to uh, you know, explore something like coaching, which helps you give, in, give different perspectives and really get uh, self-awareness and see through the corners. And just for the record, you know, Andrew and I went through the same training school a, a coach training school, and that's how we met each other. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so um, uh, you want to say something, Andrew?
1: I was just going to say, you know, there's, there's a practical part of this, too, right? Like, you went to school and you got a bachelor's degree, right? I mean, for most of us, right? You went and you got help. You had instructors, you had professors, you know, a lot of people play sports. They have coaches doing that. Why wouldn't you do everything you possibly could to drive your career and get better as a professional? Given all of the opportunities, like you, you want to build cool stuff. You want to have an impact. You want to provide for your family. You want to be able to take vacations. You want to be able to, you know, travel. All those things that a are, are good job. Um, is going to provide for you. So why wouldn't you do every single thing possible to, to really maximize your your professional ability? Uh, I can't agree more with you. The, the engineers typically going,
0: uh, working at some of the big companies have you know spent years, or if not decades, trying to get better at their craft. Uh, and they went through some really good schools, but now, they, many of them like, start uh, uh, continuing the process. And, and one of the ways is like coaching is one of the ways that you can continue that process of self-improvement and doing everything, and everything you can to grow in your career. Yeah. So uh, what are some of the challenges that your, uh, the people you work with or companies you work with uh, face, Andrew?
1: That's such a good question, and um, I guess I'll start with some of the kind of basics, right? There's there's sort of the bread and butter list that that most of us are probably aware of. You know, it's things like communication, and that's a broad term for a whole bunch of different things, but really just communicating and building rapport with other people, building relationships with people outside of your team, outside of your organization, those are those are common challenges. Um, Another one which is always um, coming up with people is working with their manager. So (laughs) managing up is is a real challenge. and, And I don't think it's one that ever really goes away, no matter how far you are in your career. But, earlier in your career a lot of people have challenges because they they sometimes see their manager as annoying them or or getting in their way Um, and understanding that that is in a very very critical relationship for where you are and how to how to better build your relationship with your manager is is a key skill it's it is really truly one of the most important skills that you're gonna have. So communication, um, building relationships, uh, managing up, and and really right now with COVID, um, boundaries are a huge one. So a lot of people are working 12, they're online 12, 18 hours a day. Um, And so those are kind of the core things. And then, like I mentioned before, not really having a sense for what's next. So some people, if they're in larger companies, they're they're kind of like, well, if I'm here, I have to be in this role for four years, and then I can make manager, and then I'll be in that role for four years or three years, and then I can make associate director, and then there's director, and then there's senior director. It's like, suddenly you do the math, and it's like, you're 110 years old, and you just made VP. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. things, different ways I can go into, but I want to focus on two different things that you mentioned. One is the communication skills aspect. Uh, tell us a little more about communication skills and how why they're important. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. So there's the there's a the sort of core around communication, which is how are you how well you communicate. Are you transparent? Are you sharing information? So just strictly, are you communicating or are you the kind of person that wants to be, you know, left alone, close the door and everyone has to ask, right? So if people are always asking you, you're not communicating enough. You need to be proactive. You need to be, Communicating like what's going on, where you're at, you know, all of that. So there's there's sort of like the very basic level of communication, and just feeling comfortable with reaching out to people and and asking questions. You know, um, there are a lot of lot of situations where people are just not comfortable as and and if you're in engineering not being comfortable reaching out to the product manager, the stakeholder that's over in operations or finance or marketing, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people are not comfortable with that. And um, I, I feel like one of the greatest opportunities that, that truly has been much, much more difficult during the pandemic is just to play around with communication in in your daily life like if you go get coffee you know challenge yourself to say something nice to the the person that's at the register like challenge it make it a game hey i like your shirt was that I like your smile (laughs) (laughs) yeah even better i like your smile you know um what, what a great day it is today but What happens, you know, are you, does your, you feel like uncomfortable? Do you feel that fear? Do you feel all that? So um, yeah, I think communication it's a broad term, but I think it means it, it it has important, important aspects to it. Um, And a lot of it comes down to relationship building and just being natural and comfortable, you know, building relationships outside of it. Right, and the biggest distinction for me, based on
0: what you said, is Andrew. Communication is less about your knowledge that you have and how well you speak spoken English. It's less about that, and it's more about mindset. Is what I'm mm-hmm. getting from what you share. It's about reaching out to people without being afraid, thinking to yourself that I'm going to sound stupid. It's asking a question in front of a team meeting without being afraid that people are going to make, make fun of you or your boss is going to fire you. Right? So I, I love that mindset aspect of the communication skills. The second powerful thing you also mentioned uh, while sharing is around boundaries. And this is one of the things that I see commonly happen among many engineers, especially when engineers in their leadership roles, they are given a lot of responsibility. The shoulders they're managing teams and certain outcomes depend on how uh, committed the engineering leader is in those situations it's hard i mean the often often ch- the biggest challenge i often hear is it's hard for them to draw boundaries uh, because they are responsible for something major so how do you help your clients uh, in those scenarios
1: well, a lot of people have that real serious work ethic and they don't ever want to be seen as weak. They don't want to be seen as not willing to work hard and all of that. And and a lot of that's important. It's very fulfilling for people to feel like they're needed and and um, and that they're building their reputation. So it's a very, it's very, very important to people that they be seen as a hard worker. The line though gets crossed when you're allowing yourself to simply just answer questions, do things because it's easier to do them yourself than to hold other people accountable for them. Um, And you're getting, you start to get a little bit, you know, you're, 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 the relationship changes from um, being in a role to, you know, your whole life. So at that point, what people really need to do is to get used to saying no, to shutting off, to turning off and making sure that they know what their role is. So, you know, if your role is software development, your role is not necessarily leading other people and telling everyone when there's an outage, right? There should, be, there, there, there should be a role for that. Now, if you're in a startup, everyone does everything. So those lines get blurred. But um, I think the other thing that I wanna touch on is you mentioned mindset and everything keeps coming back to mindset, right? And I know as a manager, the, the sign of strength for me was when someone would come to me and say, this isn't sustainable. We can't do this anymore. We either need to hire people or we need to move this responsibility somewhere, somewhere else because, you know, I'm spending 12 hours a day on it. I'm, you know, so-and-so is, you know, up all night doing this. So we need to do something about that. That with some metrics involved and some um, forethought and some, you know, some actual ideas and solutions, that is a sign of strength. Sign of weakness to me as a manager is someone who just is online 20 hours a day and never complains and, you know, is, um, you know, the first to answer the email, you know, all of that is just someone who's just kind of taking it all without really standing up for themselves. To me, that's a mic drop moment, what you just said.
0: (laughs) I'm sure if anyone is watching it, I I see plenty of engineering leaders going through the situation, and I hope you can take some off for Andrew said and, and, and demonstrate what real strength is. So I don't have to repeat everything that you said, Andrew. I think you said it very clearly. And now tell me, how do you, how, how, how do you work with uh, your people and what, what are the pro- programs that you offer?
1: That's a great question. So um, as an executive coach, as a leadership coach, um, the, the real core to what I'm working with someone about is, is, is first and foremost, what is going on right now? what's on your mind because if you don't, if you don't address the things that are happening right now, today, then it's hard to do a lot more. So if someone is having a challenge um, with their manager, if someone's having a challenge, you know, building relationships, if there's a difficult personality in their team. So those kinds of um, items are the, are sort of like the core, And I wanna call them tactical. So in some ways, it's almost like what you do in your regular job. Hey, we're gonna tackle some tech debt. We wanna build in better performance, resilience. You know, something happened. We're gonna have a post-mortem, right? So all those things that you do in the context of engineering, we're gonna take a step back and use those same concepts you and your professional journey and your professional life okay what's going on well you know i didn't communicate this really well to people and you know so i got bad marks on my performance review so a lot of those kind of tactical things are are sort of the first stop and then in parallel at the same time we really spend a lot of time on their journey and where they want to go What so We'll go through values and vision and um, we'll set goals around where they want to be in two years, three years, could be five years, because once you really know where you want to be in the future and what you want to be doing, then everything else makes sense. And you can plot it, you can architect it, you can create your professional roadmap that says, hey, today, I'm 30 and I'm a lead software engineer. Amazing. What I want to do in the future though, is my dream was always to start my own company. Okay. What are the things that we need to do and put in place to get you closer to that? And a lot of it is just the same things you do as an engineer. It's planning, it's architecture, you know, it's, how do you become more resilient? You know, how, do you, how do you drive efficiency? And, and moving, moving that, that thinking pattern that you have when you're doing engineering at work to your career. What would it look like if I architected and, and had a roadmap for my professional career to get me where I want it? Wow, like that's, that's powerful. And that's really where a lot of the magic happens. Totally.
0: So any final thoughts, and
1: Andrew, before we conclude our show today? You know, um, I, I think the big thing is that most people, especially right now with the pandemic, just kind of need to give themselves a break. So luckily, you know, the holidays are coming and most people, you know, have some time off. But we're in a, an extreme situation. We're in a very unique situation. I would say everyone needs to assume there's another year of this, right? Pace yourself, give yourself a break and go outside. Go outside as much as possible. Get some fresh air, get some exercise, unplug, you know, take better care of yourself. Great, I think that's a perfect way to conclude
0: because we gotta take a break right now. <laughs> but
1: thank you so much, Andrew. How can people reach out to you? Well, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. so um, you can you can search for me on LinkedIn. Um, also my website is um, my company is called Priority One Group, and my website is www one com, So it's P-R-I-1.com. And um, that's the best way to find me.
0: Great. I'll also leave your contact details in the comment section of the podcast whenever I launch it. <laughs> thank you again, Andrew, for being here today. And thank you, DJ. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Hopefully you learned some important nuggets to uncover the rock star from inside of you if you have any questions you can reach me on my email at aditya at who we are dot io it's a d i t y a at who we